Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Faux, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. What's up, everybody? This is the Helping Friendly Podcast. My name's RJ. I am here in person with the original co-host of the Helping Friendly Podcast, Brad Tenbrook. Hi, RJ. Welcome. Nice to see you from six feet apart. At least. Yep. This is interesting because we um, started this podcast seven, a little over seven years ago. Brad and I did. And we've actually only recorded in person a handful of times. Not many times. <laughs> Not many at all. Like maybe five. Five would be pushing it. Anyway, so <laughs> we're here and I'm very, very thankful that we're here. We're having a, a fun time and it's a Sunday afternoon and we are going to do a listening party of to Lonely Trip. I have to mention, RJ, this is like a really awesome space. Thanks. Um, RJ has a new 
um, office slash recording studio that he's calling the pod, I think. Yeah. I wanted to call the can. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Uh, but the pod is very cool. Uh, it's half of his garage, so, um, he'll need a short car if he's going to use the other half of his garage. (laughs) I think I'll get one of those smart cars and we don't even use our garage. It's a bike garage. It's a a bike garage and a grill garage and a couple of rake garage. So (laughs) Brad, Brad's children and my children are outside running around because I think we did a decent job of making this room quiet. You probably won't hear them at all, which is, which is stunning, but thanks for saying that. I'm so excited. And Grizz is here. The puppy is down by my legs. Yeah. He's, um, I think I told you this. He's cute. Yeah. He's going to be, he's going to be a legend of the HF pod recording situation. Anyway, <laughs> here we are. We're going to actually listen to lonely trip and talk about it. And I, anyone who's out there, this will come out on Wednesday. So the album will have been out for what, five days. Yeah, and now five, when we're recording, it's been out for two and a half, three days. Brad and I felt like we didn't even absorb enough to be able to like write things down. I feel like I'm a little underprepared, but we got to do this fresh, right? We got to do it fresh. Yeah. So we're going to listen to snippets and then we'll play them for you, of course. And we're going to talk about them. Uh, before we get started, I want to tell you about section 119. So I've been uh, wearing masks for a while. And I know Brad has as well, because it's the thing you do if you're a smart person. It was, so last year it was like masks of emotion, but now it's just like masks of <laughs> coronavirus. It's interesting that the that the song Sigma Oasis has a reference to taking off your mask, Yeah, which was about what you're describing. Yes. It was about ma- the mask that we wear in our <laughs> daily life, the, the you know theoretical mask, not the actual mask. Not that a we literal now mask. Wear. Brad and I were out today. We went and socially distanced um, and picked up some beer and we masked, said something to around. someone and someone like was like, <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. It's really hard to communicate with you these You have things. to yell. Yeah. You have to so, yell. So yeah. Brad was yelling at people. Um, anyway, section 119, if you go to section119.com, you can get 20% off your first order. I have their donut masks and we've also bought their black masks. They're awesome. They're actually the best masks that I've had. And we also always get compliments on them because fish fans like recognizing other fish fans. I'm not sure if listeners of this podcast know that, but if you were a fish thing, I'm um, like Brad's wearing his Aquaman t-shirt today. People are going to call it out. We actually That's texted right. a picture of us together and someone responded and was like, Hey, Aquaman. Aquaman. So, I anyway. also, um, I was, you know, I've been in Maine for six weeks or whatever, um, isolating from Arizona, my home state. And, um, I saw another family that had, uh, a broke down podcast sticker on their car. Shout out to Jay, Jonathan, who's not with us tonight, but thinking about him. And then, uh, a, a uh, under the scales podcast as well or sticker i mean really cool like up in the middle of uh, you know on the coast of maine in the middle of nowhere and like we were there so um we said hello to each other that was fun that's pretty cool yeah. that must be someone who's an osiris fan if you're listening to this podcast and you were getting ice cream in maine several days ago send us an email or a tweet or a facebook message or something i didn't have an hf pod sticker on me and that's we have to do like we have we need to tell the intern to uh, order some more well, stickers. the intern's better the intern's got to step it up um 
And I think that this, that's a good way to round out this ad for section 119, <laughs> which is go to section119.com, get some masks, get some uh, donut gear, get some Grateful Dead. They do a lot of licensed Grateful Dead merchandise and a lot of other stuff. They're also really, really good people. And we're happy to be partnering it's with high them. quality is it, what I would like to add. It is high yeah. quality. Yeah. One more sponsor we want to tell you about. This is a company that that's a new sponsor and we really appreciate them. They're called Sin Lawn. So they're the largest manufacturer and installer of synthetic grass in the U.S. And for all you people out there thinking like, oh, synthetic grass. And I'm talking about grass <laughs> that you put in your yards, you hippies. It's an environmentally friendly grass replacement for your yard. No mowing, no water, no pesticides, no muddy shoes or paws, low maintenance. Um, and they use all natural ingredients like soy and sugar cane. It's made in the USA. We have a couple samples. We all got sent samples. We rubbed our feet on them and um, they feel like grass. I misused the sample of grass to, to start, but then I realized, right? I didn't actually want to bring the grass samples in my office because I think that the puppy would be like, oh, cool. Yeah. A place to pee because it's so much like real grass. It's, uh, it's, they're very present in Arizona, again, my home state, uh, and it's really nice stuff. It's like the, the best you've, stuff. You've yeah. heard of Sinlon before. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 They're, they're, so they are run by fans of what we do and music fans and for our listeners they're having a contest to win an 8 by 14 foot Dave Pell's Greenmaker putting green system apparently this putting green is like basically simulates just being on like a very nice golf course yeah that's what I that's why I want it in my backyard I can't I told RJ I wanted to apply to win but I I didn't um because I think that would be cheesy, but um, <laughs> I'll just have to get one. So it applied or, you know, enter to win. And then um, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah. And Brad, Brad's a lawyer. So, you know, like in the movies where lawyers have putting greens in their office, <laughs> like every lawyer has a putting green in their office, right? You need one. I, I put into like a brandy glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So go to Sinlawn, S-Y-N-L-A-W-N.com slash HF pod to enter the contest and learn more. And thanks to the folks at Sinlon for supporting us. We learned last week that Trey was releasing an album called Lonely Trip, mostly of songs that he <laughs> wrote or put together during quarantine. Um, yeah, all but one, right? All but one, yeah. So this is, um, it's an interesting story because there, some of the stuff was recorded during the kind of right pre-COVID uh, situation. And um, I'll just read quickly from uh, Trey's statement to that it was posted on Jambase. Lonely Trip was conceived and recorded in isolation at my home studio, a.k.a. Rubber Jungle, during the peak of New York City's COVID-19 crisis, March to July 2020. When the lockdown began, I had by chance just completed a weekend songwriting session with my friends and longtime collaborators, Tom Marshall and Scott Herman. That was March 13th and 14th, just as the crisis was beginning in New York. So the themes of fear and isolation were already finding their way into those first songs. By the time I arrived home, the situation in NYC had gotten much worse. And I'm going to just pause from the Trey uh, statement to say that people know that in that early period, Trey just started posting stuff. Like he started yeah. posting songs yeah. like right away. It was, it was really cool to watch. Um, uh, it was a highlight, I think, of, right, of our initial quarantine and like isolation and stuff to be on Instagram. And uh, I don't know where else he posted it, but I saw it on Instagram. And um, I mean, it was almost daily at one point, right? 
It was really crazy. Yeah. And he was using different items in his house for, you know, percussion. Um, The toilet paper, which was like very apropos, right? Yeah. yeah, And the hand sanitizer. Yep. Yep. So, so he said, um, knowing I wasn't going to be leaving my apartment for a while, I started working. It felt therapeutic to write. I wanted to connect with our community in some way. The unplanned nature of the recording meant I didn't have a lot of gear during this process. He had an electric and acoustic guitar, a small amp, two mics, some percussion, two keyboards, and a drum kit. Uh, two keyboards, including an old Kurzweil with realistic drum sounds on it. Everything was recorded through a Spire 8-track. Lonely Trip is a truly raw lo-fi recording. The process of writing songs became a reflective and healing experience. Being able to share these songs instantly with our community via Instagram felt equally profound. It harkened back to my youth before there was a fish when I would write songs and home record them specifically with the intention of sharing them with my circle of friends via cassette four-track recordings. It's sort of interesting because... You know, so many musicians were putting out new music in those early days of the quarantine, but right, I wouldn't have expected Trey to do that. He seems to me to be very high energy and a busy body in a, in a good way. Yeah. So I can't imagine him sitting. I think he was even saying that he was like taking 15,000 steps within the apartment every day, which is insane to me. Yeah. Uh, and Sue was as well. Um, and then otherwise, he was also making music and... Um, uh, being busy, which to me seems appropriate for him. What yeah. I know about him. Yeah. Right. No, so I think that's true. He has a lot of projects and he did not, right. he didn't really, he doesn't sit still. Guess. Yeah. Right. And, and, and then for a lot of people, including Trey, uh, everyone was like, well, you have to sit still. You can't go anywhere. And it, it probably pushed a creative envelope uh, for a lot of people or, or forced creativity to come, I guess, you know, it, it's weird, but, um, it's true. It's true. And that, I talked to Mark Brownstein here, um, a few weeks ago and, you know, he started this website, you know, live lesson masters, which is now like a huge lesson hangout with musicians kind of, you know, destination. It's really been successful. And he, he said, he thinks that like out of this whole thing, a ton of musical creativity is going to be born, which is interesting Mm because the stories you read are like musicians are screwed. It's true. Right. I mean, both things are true probably. It's uh, well, of the old ways, right? I mean, it's it's like a, it's we all have to figure out how to be the new way, and, and it's going to be different going forward. As our friend Patrick has said, things are going to get weird. It's true, right? Patrick said they may even get bonkers, and he was right. <laughs> Patrick, I just want you to know that you were right. It got crazier, and it still gets crazy. So I just want to say that Trey ended this by saying, Lonely Trip was my message in a bottle during this time, and I wish I knew how to properly thank all of you in our community for listening and responding. It meant so much to me. Thank you. Wishing all of you much love and safety during this turbulent time. And I think that's really lovely, and I think it's cool that he talked so much about the fans. And I would say that the only – he said he wished he knew how to properly thank all of us, and I think he could come on the podcast is one thing. Yeah, you know, that he could do. He would thank us by doing that, but also everyone else who listens, <laughs> exactly. right? So that because we could pass that along. It's sort of a like a trickle down economics, oh, but, but in a seriously, good way. he's he is absolutely sincere. You know what I mean? Like it's it's really nice to read that. And when I got the email, I read it twice right away, just because I'm like, this is like so nice, and it's such a little ray of hope of an email. Um, and and you know that he's sincere. There's no question. Yeah. But he would release these, and then it's like, yeah, do you see Trey release a new song? And, and I, I knew from Tom that they had done this you know, writing session, and that he had written a bunch of, and given Trey a bunch of lyrics, and, and that Scott Herman was there. Scott Herman is a great dude, really smart, and, and I think you've heard um, 
Tom talk on under the scales about uh, evening song, particularly about how Scott and Tom like went back and forth. So they're really good partners. And then hanging out and writing with Trey, I think it's really cool for all of them. And they did this like right at the beginning of this whole thing. So seeing them come up on Instagram, I mean, you think if you spend a weekend writing a bunch of songs, they just come out on an album later. Not like, I mean, it's, it's an innovative way to release new music. And, and Trey was like, for, for a dude who's been around for this long and been, I guess they've always been pushing the envelope though. Yeah. Right. They've been, one of the things I take away from it is how engaging it's been. Um, probably more engaging than it would be otherwise, mm. because this is the only way to connect is through the social media. And, uh, I think Trey's a lot more active than he was on social media, especially with these songs, uh, and dinner and a movie every Tuesday that's engaging. That keeps us all engaged. Um, and, uh, it's helped us through those. I mean, dude, last weekend we were supposed to be in San Francisco at the, Ch- you know what I mean? At the chase center. Like, so uh, it's all, <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Yeah. It's all, Try to block that out. It, it's helping us forget though. So, um, and, and I can't, I also can't grasp the undertaking of making a 15 song album by yourself in the apartment. I get he, his help from all those Vance Powell and like, you know, yeah. Bryce, um, but it's really on him to do all that stuff and learn it. Um, which was part of the, I don't think you read that part of his note, like placing microphones, he had to learn all that stuff. Um, uh, sound and, and, um, soundproofing and everything. So, um, I don't know. It's changed everything and it's, it's made more music. It's made us stay engaged, uh, and be thankful for what we have. I don't know. We're getting kind of cheesy now, but well, I think that's true though, and I think you're right that that does. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to have this out there, and it is as as Trey said in the statement, like the the dark themes of fear, isolation were totally. I mean, they, that kind of r- rules this album, you know? Yeah, which I think is an interesting. It'll be an interesting like period piece in terms of like this was you know recorded and released during mm-hmm. the COVID crisis and. I will say one more time before we start talking about the music, which we should, is that he, Trey, a lot of musicians are trying to figure out what to do. Right. You know, and, yeah. and I think there's a worry that particularly young musicians have that who like release an album and now they're successful, but like you have to be calculated in how you like get back into this. And he just like was like, I'm just going to release songs, you know? And it, it's yeah. just, I feel like I hope that it gives younger musicians some, you know, confidence that like, if you just do like follow the the thing that you know you should do, like it'll work out and your fans yeah. will trust it and people will trust it. I just think there's a lot of caution right now, which is great. But if you got new music, put it out there. Someone, yeah. you know, people will appreciate it. Should we listen to and talk yes. about the first song? So this first song is Shaking Someone's Outstretched Hand. This is Tom, Scott, Trey. And it's a... Uh, it's weird. It's got some like spooky sounds, and Jonathan contributed some notes, so I might quote him at some point. He did. Yeah. He did say I'm on board with the from the get with the spooky sounds. Um, <laughs> the spooky. It's also um, it's he in his note he talks about it being like actually lo-fi. I forget how, the word he said before, but um, lo-fi, and and then the first song comes through, and this doesn't sound lo-fi to me. It doesn't. You know what I mean? I think the lo-fi thing is interesting when you hear a song like this because it's like, it sounds layered, it sounds mm-hmm. professional, there's backing, I mean, there's there's a lot going on, but I guess compared to what they're used to, like, it's, it's definitely lo-fi for, on the creation side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I also think Trey, when he was learning how to like do mic placement and stuff, like he did a pretty good job. <laughs> it turns out he, he learned pretty well, right? This the Perfect. lyrics of this song are a little bit like of coronavirus like welcome. Right. <laughs> right? It's like yeah. all about this like experience. And I, I I haven't talked to Tom about when these songs were written, but I don't think they were all written like right then. I think they just kind of like the themes. Like emerged. that weekend in March. There were some before. Yeah. Yeah. That they did. Yeah. Well, it, this can't be um, about the coronavirus unless you want to spread it because yeah. you can't touch other people. Right? You're <laughs> right, not allowed right, to right. shake hands. Yeah. It, but it talks about the new reality and, oh, yeah. you know, but then of course the tray, like, you know, we'll be all right. Um, this could turn into like, this is like sort of like an about, about to run sort of. Yeah. It's a good point. Jam, right? You know, mm-hmm. could turn into something a uh, little bit of a jam. So the next song is a wave of hope, which is a tray solo song. So, Jonathan said it's a rocker, also an optimistic notion, which is welcome and well placed early, so we don't get a sense of the, get the sense of wallowing. Um, I like that. I, I think he's right, and it's um, it's a good transition from the first song. Trey with the little like keys in the beginning there, yeah, right. And he's kind of adding the funk to it, maybe, just for Paige, yeah. right. Um, this has more of that meaty Trey sound. Um, I'm a sucker for classic rock, and that's kind of where this, right? Definitely, this, yeah. 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 It's a classic rock song yeah. for sure. But it has this, like, yeah, I think we had saw some some conversation online about, like, is this, like, this too shall pass, you know? It's sort mm-hmm. of, like, it's an interesting question to say, like, so if, if a white dude who's in New York City is writing songs talking about, like, you know, the optimism of the moment, is that, like... A problem. I, I mean, I think it's like whoever has beliefs about whatever should just sing about them because I think yes. Yeah. But so long as they're not like hurtful, right? You're, you're right. Like it is. Um, it's hard. It's hard to process. And um, I, I want the optimism. I want him to tell me that things are going to be better, and they're going to get better. Um, but at the same time, you have to see the people who it's really affecting, which I don't think we qualify for like the truly right. Yeah. So, um, I get that. I get the, the criticism, but at the same time, it's Trey being Trey trying to help and be optimistic. It's not his fault. He's successful. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. right. Yeah. I think Uh, it's cool. And I like that. It's like, there's a little minor chord action in this song that I think is like, I was talking to Tom about this earlier uh, this week about how like Trey will take the happiest lyrics and kind of like, twist them a little bit like this song and he'll take like the most like sad lyrics like sparkle and turn yeah. it into like the happiest yeah. song right so the song is definitely about like being hopeful but the music is shreddy um this is like so at this point in the album two songs in i'm 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 feeling really good about this and we get to the third song which is called i never left home which is uh trey tom scott and this has a, again a little bit of the like psychedelic kind of layering this without a drum kit the start of this song i guess you can kind of tell it's not like a true bass drum uh, maybe it is i don't know but like um for him to, to be making these fishman beats i'm sure maybe fishman came up with them and he's just repeating them or whatever but like it's impressive it's really yeah it's really cool and it's it, i like i like the tone uh, as jonathan said the second song was kind of optimistic and like made sure we weren't gonna wallow and now in this third song, we're kind of getting back into yeah. like this like reality of, right? 
And I think that's like the Tom and Scott combo particularly is like, it's kind of how it, you know, it's kind of how it works. You yeah. Know? How like, they, yeah. And I, I will say that. So, so Ray Pachkowski and Tony, um, gave, uh, contributed keyboards and bass on one of the last songs on the album. And then there is a note that says John Fishman drums. So, I think some of it is percussion kit and then some of it is actually dr- like this song kind of sounds like Fishman's drums, right? Or do you think this is a drum kit? I mean, I have no idea how to tell. That's the why I, I, I think it sounds like an actual drum kit. And so if it is, it makes sense. But yeah. if not, it's a cool. It's really cool. Yeah. 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 And he did say that he took um, a bunch of he said, I started tapping into a Dropbox folder with about 34 minute drum sequences that I had recorded with John Fishman over the last year. So he definitely yeah, had he was, some things to work with. He talks about it him doing vocally right into his yeah. phone yeah. and then and then they would work it out which is it's really cool to see that insight and i forget where we read that cuz i know i talked to tom about it but there is there he said somewhere that he was in nashville mm-hmm. and was going out to bars watching music obviously being sober at the bars and when he would hear a drum beat that he liked he would like record it into his phone so i'm sure some of that stuff's coming in here and i wonder if that's a lot of this stuff is sort of, you hear some classic rock, but you also hear like some serious Southern rock. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think and so. The soloing, he didn't, he didn't lose the soloing in, in this project because this has a good solo in it. Yep. Yep. I like it. So that's three tracks in number four is called Lost in the Pack. Another Tom Scott Trey song. And this is like really lovely musically. The acoustic is like flawless to me this is like what i'm looking for in the acoustic guitar right yeah it's it's soothing and subtle but also kind of complicated and like uh if someone told you i'm gonna make a quarantine album you'd think this is like main what it would be right yeah a a mainly acoustic like vocal yeah (laughs) that's true yeah i will just say that what you said about the acoustic guitar totally true like you can just like it reminds me of like remember maxwell's yeah Reminds me of going to a coffee house in Toledo where we grew up, like when we were 15 or 16 and <laughs> yeah, we like man. would order a, a mocha or latte or something. Yeah, with the whipped and, cream on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and watch someone play acoustic guitar. Like, yeah, that was awesome to be able to do that. And yep. that guy, there's that album, that tape that I used to have. Yeah, Scott Gordon was his name, wasn't it? I think so. And no, it, no, it's something Gordon. Yeah, uh, What's Steve? his first name? Steve Gordon. Is this? I think Steve that's Gordon? right. Yeah, Steve Gordon. Yeah. Okay, so there's a guy named Steve Gordon. I've looked online for this. Me too. Hundreds of times, and I can't find his music anywhere. Yeah, he but was, I think he was like a gypsy, but like you would never know it. He yeah, was like, yeah. He wasn't like from Toledo. He didn't really have a showed story. Up, like hung out for a while, and he sold a cassette tape. And Brad and I both I bought, bought his beer a few times. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Was, I remember that the the. the the tape that he had mm-hmm. had uh, like an like some some dialogue from Easy Rider the movie in it. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I think it was like at the end of side one or the and then the end of side two. A Blackbird was on it. Yeah, and he covered Blackbird, but he put bird sounds. Yes, and yeah. like he, it was like really, he was really talented. I think his name was Steve Gordon. Thank you guys so much for listening. We we're not sure what album we're talking about, but we remember Steve Gordon from Maxwell's Coffee House in Toledo, Ohio. Number five, called If I Could See the World. This is another, so this is solo tray. You can tell like the Sigma Oasis, a lot of people talked about his vocal kind of approach and you can definitely hear it here. He's like, he's really putting more effort into his vocals and focusing on them. And this is like a, this is a, uh, 
what I would expect from a Trey solo song in that it's like pretty, it's straightforward, it's heartfelt, it's emotive, it, it's good, you know, like, um, the Jonathan pace, pointed the pace out. is incredible. Yeah. I think it's not slow. It's not fast. It's like yeah, really, no, it's just like a good, yeah. And he, some would maybe call it adult contemporary. Yeah, right? exactly. And Jonathan <laughs> pointed out the lyrics, sleepwalking through these times. Now the fall is over. So I begin to climb. Now I see the world through open eyes, a world of beauty outside my mind. So get out of your head. A lot of us could probably do more of that, including myself. This is Jonathan speaking, but I'll say me too, especially in challenging anxiety ridden times such as these. Um, so pretty cool. The sixth song, the greater good, the greater good. Trey, Tom, Scott. Now I'm I'm wondering. My first listen through was: Is he going to mix acoustic and electric? Mm-hmm. Right, because up to this point, it had only been one or the yeah. other. So, um, we'll let you figure that out. It's a, it's a mystery. That's called a cliffhanger. <laughs> But even so, it often seems that what I should is What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Was closely tied to I'll just say that where we are in time right now with regard to the release of this album, I think we'll like have, we will, our opinions will evolve. I still don't, I still haven't had enough time to like absorb and internalize these lyrics. And when it's Scott and Tom, you know that there's like, there's yeah. a lot going on, right? Yeah. There's, um, at least a couple layers to Tom's lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, I agree. I'm not, um, as I said before, I'm a little I feel like I'm a little underprepared just because I don't know it front to back and all the lyrics. What, but there's a lot of lyrics, too. Yeah, given that it's a listening party, what's your initial reaction to this track? I I I listened to it on the drive here from Maine, and it was one that I like lost. As a, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. it let me slip away yeah. and think about something else, and then I came back to it. So yeah. I think it's background. It's it's sort of background. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, not faulty. I'm not except except when that guitar comes in in the middle, the yeah, electric. Probably like you said, it, like, yeah. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. And Jonathan noted that it was very Eno, Brian Eno like. Um, and he, Jonathan said, in fact, this whole song sounds like Trey's been listening to another Green World, which is a Brian Eno album. Which is I it totally, a slide? I don't think so. I think it's guitar? an effect. Just a, yeah. I think it's just like it, a, a a reverb. Right. Right. You know, it's something. It's a thing. It's a button. But it gets cool. kind of spacier toward the end. As you mentioned, it's kind of southern because it, it makes me think of the slide guitar a little bit. Yeah. But also Brian Eno. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah. Greater good. Here we are. I like greater good. Do what I know I should. Like, yeah. It's a really um, uplifting um, like community based almost. You know what I mean? Like we understand this is 
everyone's struggling, but we're all struggling. Let's like, yeah. Yeah. Some positive stuff, man. So <laughs> then <laughs> song number seven is when the words go away. So again, to the lo-fi acoustic, mm-hmm. another, another acoustic song here, which I'm just not used to with Trey. Also, but again, a lot of lyrics. And like, I need, you know, I need to digest them, learn them more than I, than we do. But, um, yeah. Solo Trey acoustic is, sounds good, especially like you mentioned his vocals now. Yeah. And again, a very like sort of dark, um, yeah, with a, with a bright acoustic kind yeah, of. Yeah, with a, a bright acoustic. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, makes me think of his his uh, acoustic shows on a wooden chair. You know what I mean? That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of a couple of these songs have that feel. Right. He's gonna tell us a story after. Lo-fi makes me think of like the black keys yeah. and the white stripes. It feels like it would be. It should be like gritty, fuzzy, and gritty, yeah. and like have yeah. some. Reverb and, and the guitar feedback. is plugged in with like one of those uh, coiled yeah. chords. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you got to have one so, of those for the lo-fi sitch. <laughs> you got to. All right, so song number eight is Lotus, and Jonathan says this song is a literal trip. I really dig it, but there's a lot to digest, and it's true. Mm-hmm. And now Jonathan also said, "I'm ready for that comet or asteroid or whatever they're describing at the beginning." Um, I like the song. It's a lot to digest. It's ambitious. It's not Ten like and a half minutes on a like a low. You know what I mean? Like it's it's again we're going back to lo-fi, yeah. but like it's really funny that I mean it's not it's like awesome. a it's not like Gaiuti or something where no, like right yeah. But it but it is a little bit of a, an epic. There's there's obvious parts, right? That he puts together as he always does. Um, I will say that I'm not. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about this, but I will say that I, I contributed a line to a Trey song, which may become a fish song for the first time in this song, which is, well, sort of the unpacking light and space is tight. And Tom reminded me that we, we traveled a lot in the past couple of years and he would always marvel at like how I didn't pack very much. And I'd always say I'm packing light. Mm-hmm. And then he told me when this, when he wrote this is like, and I was like, he's like, there's a line that you contributed in this song. And I'm like, I was trying to think of so what it good. was, but there's, there's a lot. I know which one on it here. is. And, uh, I mean, you, you already said it, but, um, I've met, you know, we, you, I've talked, you and I have talked about that as well. So it's awesome that Tom picked it up. Um, and I, when I pack, I actually try to think of I'm like, what would RJ bring? I'm not kidding. <laughs> Like, do I need all this shit? I know RJ's bag would be half this size, right? Like, like a backpack yeah. on like a three-day trip. Like, yep. That's all you need, You don't man. need much, you know? Yep. You should and see the, our car for the cross-country. Like, <laughs> if, like if anyone wants tips on how to pack light, let me know. Um, do, you, do you like this song? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, I feel like it could have been broken up, like maybe by a producer or something. So I'm kind of glad that he didn't have that. Where he he's yeah. like let's just yeah so yeah no I think it's the I think it's the it stands out on the album as the best it's good placement I assume given that Trey like the DIY kind of lo-fi aspect of this I think is that Trey just like did it you yeah. know like I yeah. assume that he arranged the songs although I'm not positive but putting this sort of right in the middle 
Seems like a good move. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I felt like it would have been put at the end by yeah. any a producer, especially, you know. This is one of the songs that reminds me of him doing multi-instrumental stuff himself. Like, he's definitely doing some shaking of yeah. <laughs> whatever, right? Like, like a maraca or something. Yeah. 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 I, I also thought, why doesn't, like, it, it, is it that Sue just can't carry a note at all? Or she just doesn't want to be involved? But I feel like if I were doing this, my wife would be like, I, I would ask her, yeah. hey, like, can you, like, can you just, like shake over this, this tambourine? Or yeah. shake over this yeah. or, like, hum, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. No, he was, it seems like it was all solo. Yeah. Um, so this song is 10, 10 and a half minutes. Yeah. I mean, really cool, but like Jonathan said, a lot, a lot to digest. Really mm-hmm. cool though. And very promising. I think, I think it could end up changing over time. Sort of like, like a mercury or like, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in, in, in a like expanded way, but right. the, the next song, number nine, I never needed you like this before. This is like with Trey's tone, electric tone, just, Back to the classic Punches rock. you in the face. Yep. This, to me, is more Trey's drumming than Fish. Because, you know, Trey, Trey plays when they uh, switch or you hold your head up and all that. Like, he... And Trey started on drums, right, when he was yeah. a kid. But he clearly has, like, classic rock yeah. chops. Like, that's what he knows how to yeah. play. Yeah. And maybe he was like, this is the drum beat and Fishman did it. But I agree that this is like a... Right. Yeah, it's got the good... <laughs> it's definitely got the classic rock feel. So I never, I've never... I never needed you like this before. I mean... Again, like really... Did you mention the, the lyricist? Oh, I didn't. Is this Tom Scott Trey? Okay. Um, really good. I like the lyrics on this a lot. Yeah. That's... Yeah, there's that nice background. So where's that come from? That's him. I think right? it's Trey. Yeah. yeah, doing the backgrounds. We didn't mention it. One of the really cool things about those Instagram videos too is like you see Trey's apartment. You wouldn't otherwise ever, and not that yeah. I like you know feel the need to like. Brad mapped it out. Brad did <laughs> the floor plan. <laughs> Send it. Um, so also cool, just like a, a peek into his life. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I, I walked around my house with my phone and I got zero likes. I was like, come on, doesn't anybody <laughs> want to see? Like, <laughs> this, this song has a killer, killer solo. Yeah. Um, kind of hearkening back to the Ghost of the Forest, just like shredding. Yep. I feel like it also could be a set one closer. Yeah. Because they could, you know, yeah, crescendo at the end there, yeah. man. I like it. I like the song. Um, Classic rock riff. Classic rock. So then number 10, we go to The Silver Light, which is another Trey, Tom, Scott. This is the one that reminds me the most of the lo-fi approach. Like, I feel like, because you can hear Trey. Well, he's got the vocal drumming. You got the vocal, and you can hear, like, the, yeah, there's, like, there's some DIY percussion going on for sure, which is cool. I don't remember the song that was the hand sanitizer paper towel. I think it was this one. Is it? I, I mean, it, was. it makes sense. That's what I think of. Yeah. But I don't know. I just maybe think that because it sounds like it. And I brought it up. And like, you brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's definitely this one. Yeah. But yeah. Whoever's totally. listening, just tell anyway, us. Anyway, comments closed. <laughs> you wonder. We talked about it. The lyrics are from 
before the virus. But the, you've got the feel. You've you've got the, it's a, a lonely trip. It's a quarantine album. He yeah. says it himself. Yeah. So how much that shaped the lyrics turning into these songs? Mm-hmm. It's good. It's an interesting thing to think about. They'd probably be different if it, if it were not. You know. Definitely. Yeah. This is a this is an interesting song. It's sort of intense because it's so like. What Jonathan noted was that a fish arrangement, while quite quite different, would be really cool. Which I yeah, agree. Like yeah. it would be a totally different song because this is just—it's so intense because it's so curated, you know, by Trey's voice. It's interesting. It, It's—it'll be a tough one to for them to replicate live. Yeah, and that's I think what Jonathan's talking about too. Yeah, like they're going to rearrange it. And um, all right, should we go to number eleven? I don't know. Should we? Are, are you there, Colleen? This is great. So this is this is the most catchy of of all the songs, and I'll let Tom tell the story of this song. Jonathan mentioned like it sounds like communication between a mentor and mentee or a sponsor, which makes sense. It's like it's like a teacher kind of. It's a little bit of a teacher pupil kind of thing. Um, are you there? Are you there? Are you there? Are you there? Uh, he puts his own nice little twist touch for me on the chorus with the pause and Colleen. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you would think at the end, to me, naturally, I would say just at the last Are You There, he'd say Colleen, but he that nice little pause and that, you know. And there's cool keyboards in here. Yeah. You know, this is a cool keyboard situation. Mm-hmm. I feel like this song could get... it's a lo-fi. This is like lo-fi. Yeah. For, or I think the that was song, the previous but, one, but yeah. I think this... I mean, he could get Paige to like synth that shit up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Synth right. it up, Paige. All right, synth it up. Number 12 is called And Flew Away. Another, another like classic rock r- guitar heavy. Looking this at is it, solo I, assumed, I assumed it, were, it was... Uh, Tied with Are You There, Colleen? Right? Because of the, the ellipses before. Oh. Like, and, and I was like, oh, this must be a continuation of the uh, previous interesting. song. Yeah. I was wrong. Yeah. Anyway, so there's, so there's that. <laughs> Let's see what else. So we get this song, which is a, a, a Trey solo. And it's interesting because the last song... Are you there, Colleen? Like the the keyboard, and then here with the guitar. Like he's he's definitely experimenting with different instruments mm-hmm. on every song, mm-hmm. except for like the solo acoustic songs. But this is like this has a lot of messing around with some guitar and some keyboard stuff. I I I think it's cool. I think this could be a this could be a jam. This is back to Trey's tone too. There's some songs that don't have it. Yeah, this yeah. has it. Yeah. Set closer, I'm in. What um, do you do? We know the amps he was he did use or use. I'm sure Matt multi would like know. yeah, and it has to be more than one. I'm sure he's yeah. got like you know he's a tinkerer, right? So, all right. So number thirteen till we meet again. Another Trey solo song, solo acoustic instrumental. Down. I'm always down. This, this is what I was thinking of when I said the other the first acoustic was a little lyric-y you know this is like this is beautiful this is really what I like not that I don't like the lyrics but right yeah 
This has got some, this is a really cool instrumental piece. Evolve. It's called Evolve. Catchy. This is a Tom, Trey, Scott. Um, this is the one that has Ray on keys and Tony on bass. That's a, like the tab start almost. Yeah. Right? With some effects on the guitar, but yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit bouncy, like. Yeah. This reminds me of The Green Truth and a couple other songs on Ghost of the Forest. I really, I think it's lovely. It's really nice. Another, like. This isn't Trey, like, um, forward Dean, his vocals. It's nice, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Background ethereal a little bit. Yep. The math required was quite profound. So this is another song, like many of these songs have to do with like space, planets, sun. That's a lot of Tom, you know, science, math. I mean, that's that's Tom's wheelhouse. That's what he, I yeah. know that he thinks a lot about. But there's, it's interesting how much of this album is about like not things on earth, which I guess it's a good time for that. So I, I think this is cool. I mean, a good look at the universe, as Jonathan said. All right. So the, the last song is the title track, um, which I think is interesting. Lonely Trip. This is Trey solo acoustic to start and everybody's quiet, right? And so I interviewed this woman named Alexandra Savior for another one of our podcasts, Past, Present, Future Live uh, last week. And she has a new album out called The Archer. And the last track on the album is called the archer and this is another this is like the only other album that i know of where like the title track is the last one yeah um yeah it's usually the first or the third or something right like yeah yeah but this i mean this song does kind of bring it all together in terms of the intention of the right perhaps we'll find the mean at last out there on this lonely trip i mean this is like this is a quarantine song although this is tom scott trey so yeah, I don't think it was meant for the quarantine, but it incredible incredible how much it fits. It really and like, it comes together. It really you know? works. Yeah. Let's like maybe we should just play a couple seconds of this so people can hear it without us talking. When I see through the deception. And the rivers flowing free. You may understand. You know, one of the things that is interesting to think about is um, what, 95 and uh, 96, like the Acoustic Army, when they had the acoustics on stage, and he just doesn't do it anymore. Yeah. Maybe this is going to, maybe it'll change if we come back, you know? I don't know. I was looking at these, I hung up a bunch of my tape yeah. old tape covers, and I was looking at the 95 ones, and so many of them have Acoustic Army, and yeah. I like kind of forgot about that. And then keyboard, it was a pretty keyboard standard. cavalry, remember yeah. that? Yeah. That was a whole thing, too. Yeah. But that was, that was cool. Acoustic Army was fun. It's kind of like a vocal jam, though. Yeah, I mean, you know? the, the secret thing about the Acoustic Army, if you have the tapes, is that you can never could really hear it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we saw it in person at one of the shows, early yeah, shows in '95. Yeah, and it was I really mean, cool live. But on tape, it like it was, it didn't really come through. Mm. I'm like, oh shit, Acoustic Army, and then you like turn it up all the way, and you can't really hear. <laughs> but this, okay, so this song wraps it up. Perhaps we'll finally meet it last. I think it's a great, 
great kind of wrap up of the album. Brad, after going through this a few times and after this listening party, what's your impression of this, uh, this record? I don't mean to be hyperbolic, but it's like perfect for this, when it came out, what it is and what I wanted. Um, would I tweak some songs and do I like some more than others? Of course. But like, it's just, it's awesome. It's so, it's so nice. He didn't have to do it. Um, we weren't expecting it. I, well, I think we were expecting it as we talked about all those IG yeah. releases. And I think you even said to me early on when, I, you know, we were like trading them back and forth. You said something like, uh, "Well, you know, lock a genius up in an apartment and, and see what see what he does." And it's like this: what he wasn't going to stop creating music, right. right? So that's what he did, and here we are. And um, we shouldn't have been surprised when it came out, but I was a little bit, and um, just really happy with it. I, I like it a lot. Family likes it a lot. Um, maybe it's because I've trained them well, but like you know, I think I think it's a it's going to be well received, and if it hasn't been already, yeah, I think you're right, and I think this will take a little while to digest. Um, I think all of us have said, you know, Matt, Jonathan, you and I have all said in one way or another, like, this is a lot to digest and, and we haven't actually had that long to, to digest it, but you have a very long drive back to Arizona. So you guys yeah. will have plenty of time to digest it. And yep. maybe this podcast, when we listen to it, like in a month, we'll be like, God, I can't believe we didn't mention that, yes. you know, I can't believe we didn't mention that thing. We've about had what, enough like cautionary like sentences. Like we don't, we're, I'm like unprepared. I'm <laughs> underprepared. That's how I, I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I agree with you. It's so cool that he put this out there and it's cool that he's still going to make music. And I like the way that it was released. I think it's pretty innovative for someone who's a veteran of the music world, but, but also I guess a veteran of trying new things and doing things and not being afraid to fail, you know, like what's on the album cover. You know? Right, good point. Really fucking creepy photo. Yeah, I don't know what that is. A dude on a lonely trip in a in a swamp with a mask on. With a mask on or pantyhose? I don't a know. Pantyhose, a pantyhose mask. Pantyhose mask. But that's, that's pretty Billy creepy. Breeze, right? Yeah, that's pretty creepy. Yeah, I will say, younger musicians, take it from trade. Don't be afraid to put your stuff out there because people are gonna like it. Don't overthink it. Just make music you love, and people will respond accordingly. All right, so Brad. Should we let these people get back to their lives? Yes. I, um, thanks for having me in the pod. It's so nice in here. I'm the second guest. No, the first guest with the completed pod. Yeah. Brownie was the first. He was out in the regular yeah, garage. Yeah, like, you know, we were, we were out there and we're here now. Man, oh man. Man, oh man. It's so nice to be and, here. Um, and then finally we should also mention that, um, we like tired hands brewing. <laughs> we love tired hands and Ardmore, Ardmore PA. We're uh, having some hop hands right now. And uh, we I miss, have my Aquaman shirt on for Craig. Yeah, and drinking tired hands. Yeah, from from Ardmore, and yeah. we we missed Matt and Jonathan, but this was fun to do to get back to the the original, very original beginning of this podcast. We definitely didn't have microphones or microphone stands. Yeah, we have a lot this more gear like, now. Yeah, we have a lot more gear, and. I hope everyone out there appreciates it. And if you don't, that's cool too. But if you like what we do, give us a review and tell us stuff that you think. Um, I think that's it. Thanks, Thank man. you guys. Yeah, yeah thanks, fun. Brad. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Keep on rocking. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. 